welcome to the Tuesday Hot Fix with Liam. And Russell, yes. Yeah, do you miss my cue then? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're back on back on the right line a bit. Jeff had a bit of car trouble last week. We had a great interview with uh, Don. Yes. yes, that was great. Yes, uh, very insightful. It, it is, isn't it? It's, it was a lot better than I remembered it. Yeah. It's amazing how editing can really yeah. get rid of all the... Really? Yeah, it uh, uh, reminds me that um, we should uh, sort of, at the beginning of the podcast, each podcast sort of summarise the scenario. Right. You could do that if you want. Because really, we just went right into it, didn't we? Yeah. We didn't really say yeah. what he did or anything like that. Yeah. It's just inane drivel about my trip to Sainsbury's. And, well, yeah, we haven't said what this podcast's about, which is probably bad podcast rule number one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Do you mean like a, a little bit of an intro that sort of says, like, welcome to the Tuesday Hot Fix, the podcast where we have great bands about working for an app company. Yeah. And it's loosely tied to the fact that uh, we work for an app company and it's our insight to that, isn't it? Plus, but it's quite tenuous sometimes. Yeah. And um, we sometimes have little Easter eggs as to who the company is that we work for. That's right. But we won't say who it is because we don't want to get fired. I, I can't afford the cost of living these days. I can't afford to get sacked. We'll avoid that. Okay. That's a good intro. Yeah. Okay. I, I think that summed it, summed it up very, very nicely. Yeah. Now, before we get into it, I would... Because we, another little Easter egg here, we, we don't live near where we work, do we? Um, I, I don't think that's an Easter egg as to where, where we work. Yeah. I think lots of people probably don't work where, live where they work. Well, we both live in quite a rural area. And I was walking my dog at, on the weekend and I saw a woodpecker, right? And I think everybody knows what a woodpecker is. Yeah. But when you actually see one for real, it literally headbutts trees to try and get its food out, which I thought was, you know, on the, you know how like we evolve and stuff like that. At what point did he, did that not evolve? What, 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 when did the birds sort of go, oh, just, just wait for it to rain and I might get a worm. <laughs> just some other bird just went, fuck that shit. I forgot that idea. It's going to headbutt my way into the tree. Yeah. I, I mean, um, oh, Natural evolution is, is a very strange thing, isn't it? Uh, but you've got to remember it happens over millions and millions of years. You know, that's, that's the thing. So, yeah, they've evolved an extra strong skull, I presume. And a brain that doesn't turn to mush when they whack it against <laughs> the tree. So don't try that at home. You're not a woodpecker. So, <laughs> so, 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 so does that mean, like, because like this woodpecker, he was fully headbutting this thing, to, or she, was fully headbutting it, not yeah. a care in the world. With his beak. Obviously. With his beak, yeah. yeah. But does that mean, as you described, evolution over millions of years, that there was a phase when the woodpecker started headbutting it was going, oh, that hurts. Oh, that hurts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so he'd do it a little bit. Yeah. And go, oh, I can't do it anymore. No. And then the next, uh, the, uh, what is it, the slighter um, variation on the first one, of, I know, when they reproduce, has maybe have a slightly thicker skull for just out of um, um, a random event, and then that one does a little bit better than the ones that have a thinner skull. So his children are more propagate more. See what I mean? So they end up with thicker skulls or natural selection. 
So like the first, first evolution of the woodpecker could have been tap tap. Oh yeah. And then they have kids, and it goes tap tap tap. tap, tap. Ooh. Yeah. And then before you know it, you've got a guy who's, who's running around like a machine gun yeah. in this thing. That's right, because originally the woodpecker was just called a wood. Because <laughs> it always had an erect penis. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Right. I think I'm a woodpecker. All right, okay. Now, I was going to talk about other crazy... Yeah, yeah. Go, go. All right, okay. Go for it, go for it. Well, because I probably haven't mentioned this at work at all in the last eight years, but I used to live in Australia. I heard an expression that said that God created Earth for six days, right? And on the seventh day, he took an acid pill and then made Australia and all their animals. Because, like, I get with walking animals, I get with two-legged animals, I get with snakes that sliver and birds that fly. An animal that bounces everywhere. Can I mean, there's loads of kangaroos everywhere. It's like, where did that just go? Oh, yeah, I can see me mate over there, and he's he's like a, I don't know, an ostrich with two legs, and he's just walking, can't fly, but you know, yeah. so what? And then you get someone else who's just yeah. so I'm gonna fucking bats everywhere. Yeah. What is? Yeah. Where's the where's the uh, evolutionary evolutionary advantage with having with bouncing everywhere? But it's it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was, I don't really like kangaroos, I must admit. No. no. They, the lippy. <laughs> I was trying to tell you, like, the kids are lost or something. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care where the kids are. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and isn't it amazing well, that the only word that they know how to, how, how to say is, like, mine sharp. Yes. <laughs> or the well. Yeah. But, but is it, is it an urban myth that, um, Kangaroos can disembowel a human. <laughs> yeah, because they grab hold of you, don't they? And then they kick you in the stomach with their rear legs. Um, there's there's two types of uh, kangaroos. Well, three, I suppose. There's like because there's the grey kangaroos. They're quite timid. They're fine, and they yeah. they're about like five foot tall and yeah. stuff like that. And then you get the red kangaroos, yeah. which I think is your bastard ones. Right. And then you've got your disemboweling ones. I. <laughs> I've not heard, I've not heard of that, but I, why not? I mean, yeah, but that whole long business about having babies in this in their in their stomachs—that's like, yeah, that's weird as well, isn't it? Yeah, that's fucked up shit. <laughs> I got one swearing in this podcast. Yeah, I know. Do you know what? In the last podcast, I started talking about James Bond. I got incredibly sweary. I, I edited a lot of it out, so if it doesn't make sense. Well, we don't condone condone uh, swear the seventies version of uh, <laughs> uh, James Bond. I think we think it's quite funny because you know how did they get away with the sort of things they got away with back then, and and it was all mainstream blockbuster movies. It's incredible. Well, there's a scene in um, Goldfinger where um, James Bond he's got like a beautiful woman with him. Obviously, that that's a given. And then I don't know who it is, like Felix Leiter or someone like that. Um, says, oh, James, I need to talk to you. And then he basically says, oh, on your way, love. Man talk, and then wax her on the ass. Yeah. Can't get that way with that in the office anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, not since the lawsuit, anyway. After that. Uh, <laughs> not only do they find you, but they explain to you why that's wrong. Yeah. 
Jeff, you better stop the car here. Okay. Good man. I do have another story about kangaroo. Okay, go for it. All right. Okay. You can always edit it out. Yeah. That's it. Need the material and then we'll just decide to chuck out. Is that why we have like three hours of material and we managed to narrow it down to 20 minutes? Yeah. So walking a different dog in uh, in Australia because wow. because we had Ro- Ro- yeah well Rose is our second dog Ro- I have had two dogs but they're like one at a time I were you know me and anyhow so we'd brought her over from England so she's an English dog in Australia yeah it reminds me of that stinging song of Englishman in New York but anyway and we're walking her she's off the lead and she sees a kangaroo for the first time oh my god right. And she's like, what the fuck is that thing? And anyhow, there's like this, this stare-off thing. And then she decides, right, I'm going to chase it. And this kangaroo bounces off, way off into the distance. And the dog is like, is gone. We can't see either of them. And we're shouting out, you know, come back, come back, and all that kind of business. And then literally five minutes later, the dog comes running back. And the kangaroo is chasing the dog. <laughs> At some stage... The dog is obvious. Sorry, the kangaroo had a bit of a thing to itself. Just thought, why? Why the hell am I running away? Don't fuck with kangaroos. No, tell you they dis- disembowel you if you're not careful. Yeah, and they just tell you about missing kids that you don't know. Yes, they're not not good news. So the other topical thing, although it might not be topical by the time this goes out, um, is I've been watching a new TV show called The Last of Us. Uh, saying the last of us the last of us sounds a bit like traitors but it's not a cheap version of that is it no no it's it's you, i take it you've not heard of it then i i don't think so you, if you remind me a bit more right well it was based on a computer game and it's like a zombie thing well so is it based on among us the mayors among us among us yeah uh, no all right okay I might be, but I don't. I can't. I can't do it again. It's a computer game, yeah. and it, and it's like it's not like one computer. You know, like they always have these Assassin's Creed one, two, and three and stuff. So yeah, they've been redoing these these games. Yes, yeah. and it, and essentially, it's it's like um, something's happened. I, I, there's only two episodes in, and don't worry, everybody who's listening, the masses that listen to this, no spoilers or anything like that. Okay, um, but something's happened. Uh, everything's gone wrong, and it's about twenty years in the future where um. There's like these zombie kind of things. Okay. I mean, it's a bit more complicated than that because they're not really zombies. It's to do with mycelium or some sort of fungus type thing. But um, but but any road up, it's 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 rather good. I was it reminded me of um, a game that you were rather sod of, which yes. was the Atari Empire Strikes Back. Oh yes, amazing game. So what was it about it that you? That, that stood out from the uh, the rest for you? Well, Atari's, Atari computer consoles remind me 100% of my youth and Christmas and getting a fantastic game called Empire Strikes Back. Uh, I think, I don't know, it's the playability, isn't it, that, that makes them good. Um, the, the, the scenario is like they've got the, the, the walkers going across the ice and in the game they slowly get faster and faster so you can never win the game. Right. But... Um, it's, it's who lasts the longest before the the walker gets to the end of the to the ice base and destroys it. And I think just just it's just the playability and the fact that you can shoot into the bomb 
compartment. I was going to say bomb hole, but that's <laughs> like, like oh, there's a ship ball. Oh, is it fire your fire your weapon into the bomb hole? No, hang on. So it is. <laughs> do, you, do you attack it from the rear, or can you, you can go rear or front? But it's when when the bomb hole flashes. <laughs> we are still talking about the game here, are we? Oh, when your walker's bum hole flashes, yes, shoot something in it, and it'll explode. Oh my god! He's called Martari. It's you, sir. Yeah, so that was fantastic. But uh, did you did you mention the worst Atari game as well? Well, not come to that. I I haven't come to that yet. No. But um, so there was a, a phase where the movies came out. Yeah. And then they would make a game for it. Obviously, the, the, the reason why I think of The Last of Us is the other way around. Yeah. They're like, um, that, uh, oh, what's it called? There's Resident Evil with me, me and the job of the bitch. Yeah. Did it. Terrible. Do you like them? No, not really. You, I mean, there's not much story to them, is no, there? I mean, no. but uh, it's got me and the job of the bitch. Yeah, yeah. That's any good bit, I Yeah. But yeah, there was, uh, there was one called E.T., wasn't there? Was what? Back in the day, yeah. But it was a bit infamous, wasn't it? The game was, yeah. Yeah. The game where they eventually just buried all the cartridges in a big hole. In the, in the 70s or 80s, is it? 80s, yeah. 80s, I think, yeah. And then they were found sort of thing. When someone dug a hole somewhere, they found all these cartridges for a BT, the extraterrestrial. And the problem with that game is there was a massive bug in it, wasn't there? Yeah. And I don't think back then they could patch bugs like uh, you can do with your your modern games for your Nintendo Switches and things. Um, yeah, so you, you could walk along near the beginning of the game and fall in a hole. You could never get out of it. That was it. And that was the end of the game, sort of thing. You stuck. So that was rushed out. And I think you were going to do a little... Comp uh, Got a little segue to that. Analog. Yeah. Yeah. Because I actually thought that... Um... I wrote a little bit of a script and realized that most of it was absolute drivel. And, and if people are tuning in for some sort of IT thing, we should probably talk start at least some IT. Yeah. Um, so what they had was they had a business need to be able to get out a computer game um, and time it with the release of ET. Yeah. Because, you know, who's interested? I, there's, there's a finite amount of time when you can get something get something released and, and it'd be relevant but obviously what they did was they didn't go through enough QA I can't even have tested that can they well um, and then they've released it ironically they probably I don't know how much that how much money they made on it I mean it's infamous because it's so bad but it but the, I do wonder, did, did Atari make a lot of money on that, or was their reputation tarnished? Well, I think afterwards, uh, I think it was, it was a, it was one of the nails in the coffin. I think, uh, yeah, it was, it was certainly a bad idea. Whoever said put it out without properly testing it, I mean, you never know. I mean, hindsight is easy to say, but now they could have waited a bit longer because the ET was such a big movie. In the end, people would have waited about a year for the game. Because you can make an E-team game now and people yeah. would probably buy it, wouldn't they? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's always a call, isn't it? But I guess, yeah, the, the difference then was you, you couldn't you couldn't uh, 
fix it retrospectively because it was on a cartridge and the Atari had no means of connecting to the internet and updating. Oh, there's no internet, there's there? no internet there. Yeah. So, yeah. Because <clears throat> I think one of the battles that, that happens in the software development yeah. is that if, if, if you get this balance right, it's good. And this is what I would call a, a healthy conflict between the product team and the project team. And the reason why it's a healthy conflict is, is good is because there needs to be conflict. There needs to be someone, there needs to be a product owner saying, I want more, I want more, I want more. But then there needs to be a competent project team that says, well, look, this isn't realistic. There's, I can't remember, there's like a triangle where it sort of says you can have something quick, good, or expensive, or something like that. Yeah. Wh which two of those, or, or cheap? No, that's it, yeah, quick, good, or cheap, which two of those three do, do you want you could probably make it into a square or into a dodecahedron if you wanted but i think i think that that's it and what you then do is you if, if the project team always wins you end up with um something that just doesn't resemble what the original idea was and either is no benefit to the company or to the users product team wins it becomes so long before something gets released that actually you, you can lose the benefit the users lose the benefit of it so if there's this feature and it being 80 percent right could benefit 90 percent of the people and that could be in their hands for weeks months and months whereas if you strive for this perfection it's you know that extra 20 percent may only benefit 10 percent of the people and and it takes so much longer that no one's getting the benefit out of it whilst, whilst it's still in development. But yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, there's the release something, iterated version is a way of doing things, isn't that? So you release something, basic functionality, and then you even get user feedback from that basic functionality and then you iterate it, improve it with, uh, with updates to the app. Yeah, I think that's one valid way of doing it. The other, the other chain of thought is, you know, you only get one chance to release something, and there's something, a feature, and if people look at the feature and it's not finished, or it's not very polished, they'll dismiss it, and maybe not use it ever again. And and that's where the healthy conflict is, isn't it? That that's where you get the the product team would or the project team hopefully sort of says, but look, if we could do it this way. And then the product team says, yeah, but what about this? And, and then you get to the bit where the product team goes, yo, actually, do you know what? Yeah, that, that would, that would work. And, but it reminds me of, I went on this, this course to be like a scrum master and, and stuff. And there was this guy and he told us this story about Domino's website. So on Domino's, you could, um, you could order something and then basically it turned up, right? But like now, if you order it, there's a different way of selecting it, you know, so you could sort of say you want this topping and mixing and matching and stuff, and it's very visual. And then, uh, and then you can say when you want it delivered, time, and then there's this whole tracking thing where you can sort of see, hey, it's order received, it's getting prepared, it's in yeah. the oven, and, yeah. and then there's after delivery and yeah. stuff. 
And the story that I was told about about that was that originally they wanted to release that all in one big boom stuff. Okay. But what they actually ended up doing was going, well, you know what? Actually being able, we're, we're making it easier to order pizzas. And this bit is better than our competitors. What we'll do is we'll release the ordering bit on its own while we carry on delivering, uh, while we while we deliver the checkout bit. And so for three months, they had a good, or they had an improved way of being able to order, yeah. you know, select your pizza. And then they delivered the checkout process whilst they were still developing the, oh, it's in the oven, oh, it's out of the oven, now it's on its way. Yeah. And by releasing it in those phases, the users got the benefit of each of those stages for months before the final thing was released. Yeah. And also, I think that's quite a good, that's quite a good little analogy. Do, do, have you seen the, the bit on the Domino's website where it says, you know, they're prepping, they're putting it in the oven. Yeah. It's cooking. Yep. And it's, it was done in a very visual and amusing way, isn't it? It, it really is. I mean, I, I, very I, clever. I've actually only sort of ordered it ordered from them once and that was quite a long time ago but yeah you just are thinking this is this is just so easy to use yeah and i think that's the other thing as well is that that's probably where the compromises come in and saying well look we can't polish this to a high degree for this one date but we can polish this section to a high degree yeah let's work on that yeah while we're pot while we're doing the next phase to a high degree and yeah and so so again, you've, you've, you've got that sort of... I was wondering, do we we got to this stage of questions? Stage of questions, yeah. Do you want to... I need to... Uh, yeah, Barbara from uh, Windsor. That's, that's the Windsor in London, I presume. Yeah, I think, think so. She had a Cockney accent when she typed. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Barbara from... <laughs> what was that? I don't know. It was very good, though. Would, would like, anyway, Barbara from Windsor would like to know yeah. what happens if you don't close your div tags. Well... I'm wondering whether you should answer this one because I have no clue what a div tag is. Well, a div tag is a kind of structure in your HTML that divides the code into blocks and you can apply CSS. Uh, so uh, structure, you can apply color coding and stuff like that to a particular block in the, uh, in the HTML code. I must admit, I'm not a HTML programmer per se, so I might yeah. get that bit wrong. But if you don't close your different tags, you'll you'll get all sorts of grief on your website page because you, you'll get stuff applied to a section and it will overflow to the next section, etc. Uh, I, I hope that answers your question, yeah, bro. Or may I call you Babs? Babs. Oh, saucy. <laughs> uh, God rest us up. Yeah. Was there another one or was that... I think there is another question on that. Okay. All right. Well, Michael from Douglas would like to know, what is an API and why are they important for apps? Well, that's a that's a very good question, Michael. Yeah. It must uh, be Douglas in um, Scotland, I would imagine. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so an API is an endpoint where you can ask, uh, you imagine, oh, there's an analogy of a, uh, you're sitting in a restaurant and the waiter comes to you and ask you what you want. Okay, so you're you're the user sat at the at, at the uh, at the table, and you're looking at the menu. You say, "I want fish and chips." Yep. 
and the waiter comes in yeah and says what would you like and you say fish and chips yeah and the waiter goes back to the kitchen and asks for ch chips and the waiter is the api so he's he's the point where you clearly state in a in a structured way what you want you can't say i want duck and chips because duck and chips isn't on the menu yeah because the waiter will go to the kitchen and say i want you want duck and chips and say we don't have duck and chips yeah so he'll come back with an error message saying uh -uh, no duck and chips sorry about error 500 <laughs> so i hope that's a sort of a nice little easy way of understanding what an api is i mean that's a that's a i, I really like that yeah, yeah because not everything happened so we have an app that's on a phone but not everything happens on the phone does it no. so right i mean the easiest one i can think of is 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 like um I don't know, someone searches for something and then it would send off a request saying, can this person have this thing? Yeah. And then it would say, yes, and this is what this thing is. And then it comes back again. And obviously that's why, that's why, oh, maybe we could talk about this later as to, yeah. you know, how you, how you get the best experience from a, an app offline. Cause, cause we actually do have a number of scenarios where that's quite important to a user. Yeah. Okay. Right. No, I really like that. I'm, I'm thinking we're. Uh, probably getting to the yeah the point in the uh, in the thing where we go for our yes uh, what's it called uh, bond shell yeah bond shell bond bond shell yeah and we should come up with a, like a little song for that like bond shell bond bond shell bond 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 bond, bond shell or uh, something like that right yeah so anyhow I was wondering um, if you would, if you wouldn't mind being James Bond again okay all right. But, but this time it is from On Her Majesty's Secret Service, okay. which means your a Roger Moore impression, which I let's face it, when you hear that is like swimming through thick molasses. It's so smooth. So On Her Majesty's Secret Service features an Australian called George Lazenby. Can I, mate? There's a scene where he's completely surrounded by a bevy of beautiful women, but he's in disguise as Sir Hilary Bray. And he's wearing a kilt, and they're all having dinner. And this, uh, and this, this attractive young lady who's sitting next to him puts, I'm assuming, her hand on his his knee, on his naked knee, but it well, yes, possibly quite high up. Wow. There's a little reaction from James Bond. Okay. There's a lady called Irma Bunt says to him, "Is everything okay, Sir Hillary?" And then he says. Oh, mate, got a bit of a stiffness coming on. Bit of a stiff, stiffness, slight stiffness coming on. Something like that. It's exactly like All right, all right. So I'll be Irma Bunny. Yep. Is every... No, she's German, I think. Is everything's okay? No, no, I'm just going to say the word. Sure. I've got to some of my colleagues. Is everything okay, Sir Hillary? Uh, no, mate. Struth, I've got a bit of a uh, hard bit coming on. <laughs> That's very. <laughs> uh, it's close. I think we might do one more though. Okay, so it's just. I wear stiffness. I've got a slight stiffness coming on. A slight woody coming on or anything. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, uh, so Hillary, is everything okay? Uh, strafe, mate. No, I've got a bit of. Uh... <laughs> A bit of a, oh God, what was it? Stiffness, uh, stiffness coming on, sir. Yes, sir. 
all right, okay. Should we just do that? Should we just do one more tape? Okay, okay. Last time we just did it first time round. Right? Yeah, we game. Is everything okay, Sir Hillary? No, mate. Struth, I've got a bit of a stiffness coming off. Hey. All right. Well, and that's it. That's the end of the uh, Tuesday podcast for uh, another week. Cheerio. Goodbye. Goodbye.